1: Our first live broadcast of 2017, we're broadcasting live from the North Atlanta Home Show at the Infinite Energy Center, formerly the Gwinnett Center. And we'll be here at 9 o'clock this morning with the Lawn and Garden Show. Dave Baker will show up around 9 and do the Home Fix-It Show here. And you can come, if you like, this morning. If you want to get into the Home Show for free, all you have to do is come to the front front gate front door up there and say hey I know the password the password is reliable we're here on the reliable heating and air stage and if you just know the password reliable then you get in to see the show for free anytime between now and 9 a.m. get here say the password say reliable and then you get into the show hall itself when the show opens at 10 pretty easy Pretty nice, and the show this this year is really outstanding. Lots and lots and lots of vendors right here. I'm looking down the way. Of course, you got the big reliable tables here for reliable heating and air. You got the comfort foam memory people at the mattress over and around the corner. Which, yeah, boy, that's fun just to lay on those mattresses during the breaks down here. That's great. You got the unlimited lawn cares down the way. The University of Georgia Extension Service here beside me. The uh, gutter guard folks are over there. The hanging chair folks are down by the corner. We got lots and lots of things if you have any idea about what you want to do with your home to renovate your kitchen your bath the outside the inside the home show you not only have the north atlanta home show but you also have the spring home show over at the Cobb galleria but if you want to come and see what can be done and what people can do for you and usually give a discount for you to get it done if you contract for it to be done while you're at a home show then that is well worth your time maybe to come in and see us our phone number is 404-872-0750. you have a garden question, Something you want to talk about your particular gardening problem, trees dying, grass growing, grass not growing, weeds grow. Oh, man, weeds are growing like crazy right now. Just a little bit of warm weather is all it took. Every weed that did not get prevented, last fall and you know it was really really hard to put a weed preventer down successfully last year because the dry weather meant that you never had a chance for the chemical to be dissolved and so many people who put that pre-emergent out when the nice man on the radio said to do it back in september it didn't rain from september through november and if they didn't irrigate it a little bit to dissolve the chemical that keeps the weeds from coming up Then they have weeds, as does the nice man on the radio right now, because his pre-emergent didn't work with a doodly squat and has weeds all over the lawn, which means sometime in the next few days it would be nice if I went out and did a little spot spraying, a little painting, if I have some weeds amongst the shrubbery and the perennial flowers I have in the yard, too. That's a good job for me. One of the things that I'm noticing right now is an experiment that I did two years ago, I guess it was now, I had an experiment because my neighbor, Missy, had had a big bag of daffodils, I believe it was, in her garage. And she said, I, it, it, it was like March, I think it was. She came to me and she said, uh, it's, it's going to do anything. If I plant these tools for her, I totally wasted my money. They're still here in the bag from my garage. What do I do? And so I said, well, we'll try it and see. So we planted them in March, and they came up just perfectly. They bloomed in May, which is not when daffodils, or tulips anyway, should bloom. But they did successfully. And if you still have a bag of bulbs somewhere in your carport, your garage, your refrigerator, or anywhere you kept in a closet, I don't know. If you've got bulbs, they need to be planted. They're not going to bloom in the closet. You've got to know that. The other experiment that we did that year in the bed right beside Mrs. Tulips was whether or not bulbs can turn around or bloom successfully if they're planted upside down. Now, that's a curious thing because, you know, you have a bottom into a bulb. Most of them you can tell pretty quickly that the flat part is the bottom and the pointy part is the top. And so I wanted to see, well, what happens? What happens if you plant bulbs upside down with a pointy part down? So sure enough, I planted 15, I think it is, in the bed next to Missy's tulips, and my friend Gabe, who was three at the time, but Gabriel helped me to plant those bulbs, and then I went around the house where I had a, a raised bed up on legs and had some potting soil in it, and I planted another 15 in that bed just to see what would happen there to have a comparison for the ones that were in the soil. And when I planted those daffodils and when I planted them upside down, I wondered what would happen because I planted next to them another bed with the daffodils planted right side up out of the same bag. So what do you think happened? Yep, you're right. They all bloomed. They all bloomed perfectly in time with each other. No retarding of the bloom on the ones that are upside down. Nothing happened to it at all. And when I dug them up, I dug them up in in the summer after the foliage had turned yellow and so i dug up the daffodils to see what what had happened darn if they hadn't turned around in the soil Darn gone if they had just flipped around turned sideways in the soil and were doing just fine so if you plant your bulbs upside down don't worry about it if you plant your bulbs late don't worry about it something good is going to happen nature has her ways and things will get done somehow to be, give you a little pleasure in your landscape. We go to the phones. Remember our phone number, 404 872 We go to our phones with our typical first caller of the morning, our friend Nicole down in Griffin, Georgia. Hey, Nicole. Mr. Reeve. Miss Nicole, good morning.
2: Good morning. A good day for you, isn't it? It is a
1: good day for me. I love doing remote broadcasts because you have an audience, Nicole, and it's wonderful to have somebody besides Ashley, although she's quite pleasant, and Jason, although he is quite pleasant, it's just the two of them, and Charlie, of course, Charlie O'Brien. But uh, to come here and have the uh, anticipation, there'll be a dozen if at, least, at least by 7 o'clock and maybe another 20 by 9 o'clock, and so we'll have a good crowd.
2: You're a social person. That you like to have a lot of people <laughs> around you.
1: Yeah, you'd say that. Sometimes I'm the worst grumpy person you've ever seen in your life and don't want to have anybody around me. But doing the radio show, that's fun to have, a, have an audience did you bring daffodil inside your house no never well you know so far this year i saw there's a clump of them that i planted uh, a couple three years ago and the clump has really gotten big and really lush it has lots of flowers on it and nicole i will confess a secret to you that I don't think I'm going to buy a dozen red roses or a big bouquet of flowers for my Valentine this year. I think it's going to be all daffodils. I've got 50 daffodils out there. Very likely, uh, daffodils are going to be on the uh, Valentine's Day menu.
2: And put two three hyacinths. In between, this smell so good, y'all.
1: I know. You smell really good. Hyacinths are a wonderful bulb. I don't know why I don't plant hyacinths anymore. I have a clump that comes up every year, and they haven't bloomed yet, but they will soon. Uh, but I haven't planted hyacinths in a while.
2: They have a lot of babies. I have one. My oldest one is probably 10, 15 years old. The clumps wow. got so big, and have got a lot of baby around it. So you take them and go on to wall with more hyacinths
1: that is pretty remarkable that is really remarkable as a matter of fact because i think the other clumps that i have back in the woods behind my house maybe it was too shady maybe i didn't plant them in the right place but that one has faded away there's only one that really has survived for three or four years i guess
2: they need a lot of uh moisture uh, in summertime too you put a lot of leaves okay. mine came on the need the really a lot better than open field all right.
1: Well, that's a good hint. I'll keep that in mind. The ones that I have is underneath the sweet gum tree, and like I say, they've done fine for three or four years.
2: Um, I want to talk about the size of the fruit, Mister Reed. When we go to a farmer market and they yeah. decide which size is going to be good, There's a lot of waste, don't you think? Because too big is no good, too small is no good.
1: Not only is there a lot of waste from just size-wise, but I think there's a lot of waste from scars and little. You know pits and damage and things that's been done in processing and shipping and all that. And I agree with you, Nicole. I think there's a movement now. In fact, I know there's a movement now where at least one store is at Walmart or Aldi or somebody is doing a separate show sort of cooler where they have fruit that's been damaged and they've put it out for a huge reduction in price, which I think is great. Nothing wrong with that fruit.
2: No, because, uh, you know, in Canada, we have a lot of apple, and one year I went, and there was a lot of apples in bag. And I said, what's happening with them? They say, U.S. don't want to buy them because they're too big. Uh, huh. Good grief. You know? Good grief. So who decide that, the market or the youth?
1: You know, they don't make decisions. Uh, just on a snap, and I'm positive there's some researcher somewhere who's who's decided based on what consumers have said, you need an apple of this size, not any bigger, not any smaller, in order to sell the most apples, and that's where the decision is made by some marketer, or statistician, or somebody like that.
2: And everybody's following
1: in. Well, Blank. you know, if you want to sell apples, you got to sell what the customer wants. So. Uh, you know, you ha- there's justification for doing what the what the marketer says.
2: Because yesterday I saw the biggest apple and I said, A dollar something for one apple and I said good grief, you know.
1: Oh, I remember when I was a kid, my mother and father would sometimes take us to North Georgia to the apple orchard. and We'd buy two or three gallons of fresh squeezed apple juice, and we'd get a big bag of apples. And sometimes they would buy us one of those just monster apples the size of a softball, the size of a soccer ball it looked like. And we would eat on that apple, me and my brothers and sisters, from the entire time going from J back to Fayetteville because it was so big.
2: Keep you busy at the same time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And kept the kids from fighting in the back seat. That's exactly right. Probably the whole motive for the whole thing was to keep the kids quiet in the back seat.
2: Well, yes, they had to be creative because there was 12 of us and
1: 9 of you. You're exactly right. Well, Nicole, it is that time. I have to bid you a fond adieu until next Saturday, but I hope you have a wonderful week. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your day as well. We'll see you soon. It's 6 18 at News
0: Talk WSB. We'll be back right after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick
1: weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. It's going to be warm this afternoon. Highs in the mid-60s, maybe up to 70 degrees this afternoon. Lows overnight in the high 50s tomorrow. Chance of rain, maybe, tomorrow morning. Light showers in the high of 71 Yes, it is February. Yes, it is 71 degrees, the high I predicted for tomorrow. Well, let's go to the phones. In the next half hour, we'll have Ray in Fayetteville who wants to know about how you irrigate trees during a drought. What a great question, Ray. Jim and Tucker who wants to know about how the peach trees are going to work this year. But right now, Ben is with us from Canton with a question about his oak tree. Hey, Ben, good
3: morning. Hey, good morning. Good morning. How can I help, Ben? Uh, yeah, I'm actually in Hampton. Uh, All right. That's I good have... enough. Three oak trees that have lost all their bark. Oh, yeah, and they're starting to lose limbs, pretty heavy. So I'm guessing. What happened?
1: Dead. What? I mean, this wasn't just something that happened in one weekend or anything, Ben. What went on? No,
3: no, it, it's been a slow process over the year, and I noticed that last year I had a couple oak trees die also.
1: Has uh, there been any any like soil movement or compaction or somebody parking their? concrete truck underneath them or some crazy thing like that
3: no and I, I don't know if it's a fungus or what it could be i mean it just seems yeah. like they keep, it just keeps moving down the road and i mean this is kind of a bigger area that it's happening in
1: What? Well, how big how big are the trunks how thick are the trunks ben
3: uh the one that just recently lost all of it, it's over two and a half foot Yeah, so it's pretty wow. big yeah it's they're Older, bigger trees. And yeah. I noticed, and I have a smaller one that's probably about a foot, and it's starting to show some bark loss.
1: Wow. I will tell you a suspicion here, and we won't really know, Ben, until June or July, perhaps, if my suspicion is right. But I know that amongst the Extension Service people in the metro Atlanta area for the last week or so, we've been having a little round-robin email about dying trees of so some it started out with dying magnolias that were just dying for unexplained reasons just magnolia boom it's dead no no green leaves on it and then we've had arborvitae and leland cypress for the past year boom dead no real explanation of what immediately was going on and i did see one person that i was reading it yesterday who said yeah i've got an oak tree that i'm looking at that seems to be declining for reasons i can't figure out either and Ben, the best theory that we have is that two years previous we had good, wet, irrigated summers that the, could sometimes have had a little bit too much water around the roots of trees, and then we had last summer, which was miserable, awful, terrible for trees, trying to get the water to the roots, and it's simply all these trees are reacting to too much and then too little water. That's our best theory right now.
3: What can I do? to help my other trees so that I don't lose them.
1: Is there anything? Uh, listen to me in about a, in about 10 minutes. We'll talk to Ray in Fayetteville because he wants to know how to irrigate trees during drought. And my friend, Ben, that is exactly what you're going to have to do is figure out how we can irrigate the remaining trees to keep them safe during the drought. So check us out in about 10 minutes. We'll talk to Ray. and We'll get that all straightened out for you. But the ones that are bark moving off now, eh, they're going to have to come down. It's uh, 6. It's 6.36 at News Talk WSB, broadcasting live from the Infinite Energy Center in Gwinnett County. We're here for the North Atlanta Home Show. We'll be here until 9 o'clock this morning for Lawn and Garden. And if you want to come in to see the Home Show for free, then we've got a deal for you. All you have to do is come to the front gate, say the password, which is reliable. Our friend Michael Shopping Horse is up there right now, and he's waiting for the people to start coming in, dribbling in between now and 9 o'clock. Get here between now and 9. And you get to see the whole home show when it opens up at 10 for free. 404 872 is the number on Lawn and Garden. Let's go to the first to Ray because Ray has this valuable question about how to irrigate his trees. Hey, Ray, good morning. Good morning. Can you hear me all right? Yeah, man. I hear you great. How can we help? Okay.
4: I'm I'm familiar with irrigating the trees during drought in the summertime. Yeah. But my specific question was... Uh, And this happened to me, I didn't get around to anything until after I realized we were already in a drought at the end of summer and end of the fall. Does 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 it help to irrigate when the trees are in the process of dropping afterwards?
1: Not the deciduous trees. Trees that drop leaves typically don't need watering if they've been in the ground for, I don't know, a year or so and seems to be pretty established. No, they don't need water during the winter particularly at all. But yesterday, I was within uh, two feet of where I was sitting right this minute, Ray. I was doing a talk for the uh, audience here at the home show about how to plant Leland, Cypress, and Arborvitae. And I showed them example after example after example of Leland, Cypress, and Arborvitae that were planted improperly and began to fail all over North Georgia in the past two years. Just acres of Leland's that were not planted properly to begin with, and the drought last summer wiped them out. And right. so they are ones that need irrigation during the wintertime if they're newly planted. And I pointed it out to my audience that if you have an... Needled evergreen plant like Leland or like Arborvitae or like Cedar, they have to be watered during the wintertime for at least a couple of years because they simply don't, they're not able to take up the moisture from the ground to match the amount of foliage that they have.
4: Okay, so the, the deciduous trees don't benefit from it during the off season. You got it. Perfectly said. Well said. Oh, okay. And so, uh, my- yeah, the, I was. Uh, I was really uh, tuned into the previous caller because I'm in Fayetteville, and I've got quite a few oaks on my land, and I'm not far away from Hampton.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you're not seeing any damage to your oak trees, right?
4: No, no. I've got some that are at least 20 or 25 years old, uh, and so far, so good.
1: So far, so good. Knock wood. Um, so, yeah, just keep an eye on the oak trees because, again, it's just one of those things that county extension folks look and see perhaps more than a, than a homeowner would because people call and ask, and I'm part of that, that system, too. So keep an eye out on them. We want to yeah. make sure nothing bad is going to happen to the oak trees, certainly.
4: Great. Well, thanks
1: a lot. Hey, Ray, thanks so much for calling. Four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty gets you in to take Ray's place. And Jim is in Tucker and needs a question answered about his peach trees. Jay, Jim, morning. Good morning, Walter. Hey, Jim, what's up? Um, I'm wondering about um, the temperature
4: that's been this winter. Jeez. um I-, I usually go up. You were talking about uh, L.O.J. Georgia get peaches. Yeah. Or apples, actually. Uh, apples, yeah, sure. And I did that with my parents for years and years. They also sell peaches up there. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering, it's been awfully warm this winter. <laughs> now, how's the peaches going to be up there this year? Or do I have to drive back to Gaffney and get my peaches?
1: Oh, you need to make a phone call. Let's put it that way. You need to be asking some people what's going on with the peaches at your place this year. When June rolls around and you want some peaches, then you need to go there and... uh Sort of gets to get the on-the-spot on the, on the spot information.
4: Here's Do you know what, anything about how it's been up in Gaffney, how the temperature's no, been up
1: there? No, I'm assuming it's just as warm there as it is here. Um, but what I'm seeing now is that trees, which are normally fruit trees, like apple trees, cherry trees certainly are just the ornamental kind are out there. But I'm seeing a lot of trees blooming earlier than you would have thought. and I, the chances I've seen of, that, too. Yeah, the chances of them getting pollinated at this season and this temperature is pretty slim. And so I'm thinking, how are people's homeowner apples and homeowner pears going to going to do this year? And I'm just not sure. I'm sort of thinking it might not be the greatest year for homeowner fruit trees this year.
4: Well, yeah, I probably think the same thing. But Jaffney's um, a triple A. Trip away. So is is uh, LJ. So is LJ too. Pretty dry.
1: Yes, yeah, a pretty drive, and you got that phone. You got you talking on it right now, and all you have to do is dial one of the Mercier Orchards or somebody over in Gaffney, and just say, "How are the peaches this year?" And find you know, out what's going on. No, I haven't gotten a letter
4: on. from them or a card from them in about a year. Right. They send me cards.
1: Yeah, sure. They're good marketers up there in LJ, the Apple Capital of Georgia, and so they try their best to bring you back every year to get their apples and go to the of Apple Festival and do. see the apple fritters and the candied apples and the corn maize and all that stuff they have up there. Now you've been there, yeah, sure I have. And so you know, did you ever call them before. Your parents up there? No, heck, no.
4: <laughs> By the time you I was old to drive enough to drive up there, where they got older, no, they no. take me when I was young, and and now. Uh, they're both gone, so yeah, I'm well, just the wondering how the, the trip is going to be.
1: The trip I that I like would take with my much. parents, actually, the trip I would take with my dad back then was to take the beehives up there, but that was a trip I did not look forward to at all because we would go out behind the house in the dark that was during the daytime. We'd seal the hives up at screen wire over all the uh, openings in the beehive and then load them up in the station wagon. It'd be about five hives, I guess, in the back of the station wagon. And we drive all the way up to North Georgia from Fayetteville with those high... Well, those bees were not happy. Let's put it that way. They were not happy in the back of the car. And little old teenage Walter going around the curves occasionally a little bit too fast to make the Supers shift just a little bit and if you get a little crack in there Jim then the bees might come out and then you got bees buzzing around your head while you're trying to drive your dad's trying to light the smoker to smoke the inside of the car. (laughs) Hey, so I don't think they would like for me to drive them up to apple country even though it would probably be a lot safer than driving those bees around north georgia. So, anyway, that is a trip that I made with my parents, and um, I'm thankful that I don't have to do that anymore. Thanks for calling, Jim. I've got to get out of here because Calvin's been waiting on us for a while. Hey, Calvin. Good morning. Welcome to Lawn and Garden.
3: Hello, Walter. Good morning.
1: Hey, Kelvin, What's up?
4: I'm fine, thank you. I have a few uh, fruit trees, peaches, pears, apples, Yeah. and I want them to know whether it's too late to prune it. No, it, it is
1: perfect. Right. This is just the right time to prune. Even though I recognize that some of them may be in bloom right now. Even yeah. though they may be in bloom right now, if you need to prune and remove some of the limbs, of course dead limbs don't matter, but if there are live limbs and limbs that need to be shortened, better now than April and um, even though they may have flowers on them. Yeah, now's the time to
3: do it. Okay. I went i switch lights.
1: You know, right now is not a bad time either. We say to fertilize before the active growth of a tree, and things are heating up, as you know, as you've said. So things are beginning to heat up, and as the soil warms, then the tree will be able to absorb nutrients. So any time between now and the middle of March, we're fertilizing the fruit trees.
4: Okay. So the idea about fertilizing before they they start to blossom is okay.
1: And what you want to do, I mean, fertilizing, what fertilizing does, the nitrogen, the first number on the bag, what that does is stimulate new growth of leaves, and you want more leaves on your apples and your pears and your figs and your peaches, because the more leaves are there, the more sun they can absorb. the more sun, the more sugar, the more sugar, the more fruit, and then Kelvin is happy. Excellent. Yeah. So prune and fertilize right now if you need to do it. Go ahead.
4: Yes, yeah, that's prune, too, for the city there.
1: Huh? All right. Okay. All right. Thank you. You bet, Calvin. Thanks for calling. 404 750 we got time to get Sarah in here. Sarah joins us from uh, Gainesville. Hey, Sarah. Good morning.
3: Hey, good morning. How are you?
1: I'm quite well. How can I help, Sarah?
3: Okay, well, um, we moved into a new home um, last May and put down Georgia seed in our lawn. Yeah. And of course, it was overtaken. It was new soil that had been Overturned from years of just having woods on it, so lots of weeds, and trying to figure out as the spring approaches what we need to do to get it back in
0: shape. (sighs) A lot of weeds.
1: What a great question. Here's the thing to remember about Zoysia Zoysia, if any grass is its own weed control, Zoysia grass is. What that means is the more you can do to making a healthy, spreading, thick Zoysia lawn the less weeds you'll have, simply because zoysia is a great competitor against weeds. So there's not many times, other than just a little spot spraying here and there, let the zoysia move into a a hole where weeds were were established, there's many times no need to put out pre-emergence, no need to put out post-emergence, because if you keep the zoysia healthy and green, it'll choke things out all by itself. That said, what you, I think, need to think about, Sarah, is when to fertilize and how many times to fertilize to make the grass grow fast. And the time to fertilize, the first one should be when the zoysia is about ooh, 75 to 80% green, which will happen sometime in April. So keep your eyes on it. And when it's 75 to 80% green, that is the point at which it can absorb fertilizer, and you fertilize then. Since it's a new lawn, I'm going to let you do it three times, once in April, once in Mm, June is about right, I'm guessing, and then another one in August. And each time, if you can wait till, the, till Kirk says it's going to rain in the next couple of days, put the fertilizer out, let the rain dissolve it in. Boy, oh boy, by September, Sarah, it's going to be nice with no weeds.
3: Wonderful. No, thank you for the advice. We appreciate
1: yeah. It. If you need some more help, Sarah, I've got a sort of a lawn care calendar on my website. If you go to WalterReeves.com and just type in, Lawn calendar or lawn calendars. I can't remember which gets you the right page. But the calendar sometimes is the thing you need to have because it tells you when to do the fertilization, when to do the liming, when to do the seeding, when to do how high to do the mowing and things like that. And all that right there at WalterReeves.com. Sarah, thanks so much for calling. It is 648. We'll be back after this.
0: This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News and News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves for the lawn and garden advice you need. And a
1: quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. High today in the very high 60s, maybe even 70 this afternoon. Not much rain in the forecast today. Tomorrow, perhaps, light showers in the morning, low overnight, 50 degrees, and high tomorrow, maybe at the low 70s, 70, 71, maybe even 72 degrees. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. And by the way, you do not have to call me on the radio show. You can always text me. You can text me, on, not text me, you can Twitter me, tweet me, whatever they call that. You can send me a message on Twitter. You just put the hashtag AskWalter. Ashley, do we have any questions for the Twitter feed this morning?
2: Yes, I got on Twitter, and a couple of folks had used the hashtag AskWalter. And Rochelle wants to know, when is the best time to plant succulents in the Atlanta area?
1: Ooh, I'm guessing she means outdoor succulents, right? There's a couple of sedums that, boy, are they pretty. angelique and... Two or three more sedums, of course, that do fabulously well in Atlanta. They have to be planted when the soil is warm. If it's cold, like right now, ooh, it's sad to see your money fly away because they will not survive in the wintertime. So in the spring, when nurseries, when Pike gets all the succulents in, the, the, the uh, sedums, as I mentioned, that would be the time to plant. So we, really, I would say 1st of May, actually, is about right, or Rochelle, First, amazed about the right time to start planting succulents. Seems right to me, anyway. Anything else? Because I got more Not stuff to talk for now. about.
2: No, no, I'm getting a All call. All right, ready let's you talk
1: that. about that. All right, get a call ready for me. I'll mention that we're broadcasting live from the 20th annual North Atlanta Home Show at the used to be called the Gwinnett Center. Now it's the Infinite Energy Center. And what the great thing is, you can get into the whole home show for free. 150 companies are here under one roof. We've got, let's say, the kitchen and bath studio right there. You've got the Blue Ridge Parkway tourism folks right there. You've got the reliable heating and air people right here because we're on the reliable and heating and air stage. Bath planted around the corner. The hanging, sh- hanging uh, seat, hanging swing things over there. You've got the extension service people next door to me here. Unlimited lawn care down the way. So you've got all sorts of things. that, If you have any idea of doing something inside or outside the house, you can get somebody here who wants to do it for you and give you a show discount for getting them to do it. They've got also lots of uh, yardsticks, candy jar openers, and other things you can take around in your bag to take a little souvenir away from it as well. Again, that's today at the Infinite Energy Center from now till 9 o'clock. If you get here between now and 9 and know the password is reliable at the door, then you get into my show, The Garden Show, for free. You listen to Dave Baker for an hour from 9 to 10. 10 o'clock, the show door is open. Everybody else gets to come in and have to pay or have other little coupons you can get sometimes for getting into the show for a discounted price. But everybody who gets here this morning between now and 9 o'clock and knows that the password is reliable, then they will get into the show for free. Our phone number is 404-872-0750, or again, Twitter, just hashtag Ask Walter. The next half hour after the news, Kathy wants to know about, you got a tree that's been taken out. How does she control the weeds that have grown up underneath the place where that tree used to be? John is up in Kentucky and has a question about fertilizing his grapevines, and also his apple tree is losing bark. Is that a bad thing? John, stick around. We'll be with you in a minute just as well. 404 872 We will be back after news.